You know, we take one day of the year to take a moment to pause from ministries and life groups and everything. And we take a moment to remind ourselves of why we do what we do. As I said, without vision, you can't see. And if you can't see, you don't know where you're going. To understand the vision is to remind ourselves of the very purpose of why we exist. And as we do that, it provides us greater clarity, greater focus, and a greater chance to calibrate anything that's gone off, change, something that we need to stop. And if you're new to the church, if you, if you haven't been here in the, in, since the last Vision Day, we welcome you. It's a great time to learn about what the church is about and uh, what our plans are. So I want to start with our vision statement. And our vision statement reads this, the Chapel Sydney is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational, gospel-centered community that exists to love God and love people. This is the what. If people ask, what is your church about? This is answering what. What we are. This is who we are. We are multi-ethnic, meaning that every ethnicity is welcome here. We're not bound to one uh, people group, we're not bound to one ethnicity. And, and I think we can see that more and more as our church has grown, which has been so exciting. We are multi-generational, meaning that we're not just for one generation, but we want to strive to cater for the old and the young. And obviously, one of the big um, benefits and, and blessings that we've had in the last year has been our babies. In the last, what, 12 months, we've had four babies. We've had a few return from overseas. We've got two uh, very soon. Really soon, right, Jane? Like tomorrow, hey. No, 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 not tomorrow. Okay. You want it tomorrow, but Okay. When? Thursday. Okay. So when I was joking about real soon, Thursday. All right. You guys need to pray for Jane and, and Jerry. You know what they say, right? The jump between one and two is not double. It's like 10. I'm just saying. I'm just letting you know. I'm just warning you. Two to three is easier, but so you'll be fine for the third one. <laughs> We've been so blessed. So many babies in our church. Um, you know, obviously that whole area has been transformed by our families and, and really excited. And that's why, and, and that's what we're doing. That's why we invest so much into our garden ministry because they are the future of our church. We can't just say we're multi-generational without catering for all the generations. Thirdly, we're a gospel-centered community, meaning that we're a group of people that are bound together for the name and sake of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. This is our foundation. Okay? We're a gospel-centered community. And we exist to do two things, to love God in our lives, through our actions, in our worship. And we exist to love people. Who is my neighbor? I am your neighbor. And our, our vision doesn't, we, we didn't make this up. This comes from uh, the Bible. It comes from Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31, and which reads, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. And, and the bottom line is this, if this is the greatest commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples, then we should make this the greatest focus of our church. It's as simple as that. If Jesus says this is the greatest commandment, then as a church, this is what we should be living for. This is the what. This is the what of our church. Okay? 
That's, that's what we are. There, there are aims. There are goals. But the second question that I want to ask today is, well, how? If that's the what, if the vision is the what, well, how? How do we get there? How do we achieve this? How do we become this kind of a church? And the answer to, to the how is our mission statement. And our mission statement reads this, to make disciples of Jesus Christ, full stop. It's not complicated. All right, that's all it is, to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And this also is found from the Scriptures, and this is the great commission that Jesus gives. Okay, the first is the great commandment, this is the great commission. And it comes from Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. And it reads this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the great commission, the great instruction given to us by Jesus himself, go and make disciples. That's how we achieve our vision. This is the how. If the vision is to be that church, the multi-ethnic, the multi-generational gospel-centered community that exists to love God and love people, how do we get there? It's to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's how we get there. This is what we are. And this is how we're going to get there. And, and, and for a lot of people, uh, that's enough. A lot of people, you want to know the what and you want to know the how. And a lot of people at that point go, tick, tick, we're done. Let's go and do that. But I believe that there's one more question that you need to ask. You've got to go from the what to the how, but you've got to understand the why. And I've really been thinking about this. I've been really uh, pondering uh, upon this question of how... How do we, no, no, how, why? Why do we exist as a church? You know, there, there are numerous churches in Chatswood, hundreds of churches in Sydney. Why the Chapel Sydney? Why do we exist? Why do we do what we do? For us, the answer of why do we do what we do comes down to one word calling. The reason why we exist is because of calling. Now, calling is defined as strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. Divine influence. That's calling. We do what we do because we were called. We were called to it. Four and a half years ago when we started the church, I promise you this is not how we started. Four and a half years ago, we woke up in the morning uh, and then we thought, hmm, why don't we start a church? I think that's a really great idea. Yeah, I think well, let's go and start a church. And so we started chapel. No, that's, that's, that's not how it started at all. Some of you would know and, and whatnot, but, but, that, but I, I, I was serving uh, a Korean church in the English ministry. It was my seventh year of ministry. Uh, it, it, it was an interesting ministry. For about four years of that ministry, we never sort of we never got past twenty-five in number. We just kind of hung out for four years. That's how I felt. We just hung out and ate McDonald's, a lot of McDonald's at night, Gordon Thai. 
And, uh, and then suddenly, uh, after four years, God, in His own timing, He decided to grow us. Uh, and we, we, hit, we hit like 80, strong 80. And, uh, you know, it was a great season. It was a great season of ministry. We, I graduated from Bible college. I got ordained. Um, ministry was growing. Um, it was growing in depth. The influence of our ministry was growing. I remember I, I just turned 30 years old, which is a great landmark. Uh, my, my youngest child, my, my, my daughter Anna, she was just born. And that all happened in a month. And then uh, we found ourselves in an interesting situation where the vision and the direction of the greater Korean church and the direction of where we were as an English ministry suddenly uh, started to go different directions. And uh, we found ourselves asking God, God, what is it that you want us to do in this very somewhat awkward situation? And uh, my wife and I, we, we prayed and we felt God was calling us to be just who we were, to love God and to love people in the way that we were, um, you know, for all people, not just one nationality, but for all nations. And so in obedience to that call, we left uh, the church and we started what we call now the Chapel Sydney. So that's the history behind it all. You know, Jesus calls his disciples and spends three years with them, and he lives with them, and he teaches them, and he rebukes them. He loves them. He equips them. And as he leaves, as he leaves earth, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is what he says to his disciples, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This was the calling that the disciples had received from Jesus. That's why they did what they did. They didn't start by saying, hey, let's start churches. Or, hey, we need to go and be missionaries. No, they were just being obedient to what Jesus called them to be. And that's why we do what we do. That's the answer to the why question. It's because God called us. You know, in four and a half years, we've had the, ex the, the, the amazing privilege of experiencing some amazing things that God has done in this place. Some miraculous, literally like only God could have done this moments within this community. These amazing highs. But we've also experienced some equally amazing lows. Amazing hardships and struggles. I'd, I'd be lying to say that it's just been great for four and a half years, full stop. But it's been an amazing combination of both. We've seen things and experienced things that, that, we'd, that literally we would say only God could have made this happen. And we've also experienced things that, that, that we've seen and experienced and, and, and we would say only if God was here, we wouldn't have experienced this. But luckily for us, the success and the faithfulness and the longevity of this church has nothing to do with your skill or mine or your faithfulness or mine or your giftings or mine. We, all we need to do is be faithful to the core. 
All we need to do is to be faithful to what God called you and I to be. And this is what Paul says in Ephesians 4.1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Worthy of the calling you have received. This is written by Paul, a man who knew the grace of God. A man who went from killing Christians and destroying the church to becoming the first and most influential missionary of all time. Why did his life change? Because he met Jesus. He met Jesus, and on that road to Damascus, Jesus called him. He called him to a new life. He called him to a new calling in his life. And so Paul changed. Paul knew he should have been dead, and yet Jesus called him to live, and not just live, but live for the gospel. And Paul says this to all of us. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. The calling you have received. Not the calling that your pastor has received. And we need to really understand this because God has called each and every one of us to different things, to different places. For some of you, God has called you into ministry, like myself. God has called me into ministry, into um, pastoral ministry, into pulpit and preaching ministry. You know, God has called some of you into workplace ministry, to be missionaries in your workplace. God has called some of you to shine light into the dark places of Sydney. For some of you, God has called you internationally. For some of you, God has called you into health. For some of you, God has called you into education. God has called each and every one of us to be his witness to the ends of the earth. And what Paul is pleading with us and what I'm pleading with you tonight is this. Live the life that is worthy of your calling. Meaning when you stand before God. And God says, hey, I called you to this life that you could stand before Him without shame, guilt, or embarrassment. Say, God, I did my best. I promise you, God will not ask you for your successes and your failures. God will not weigh up whether you did a good job or a bad job. All God wants to know is whether you lived the life that was worthy of His calling for you. Because do you know what the saddest thing would be? God has blessed so many of us, all of us with different uh, attributes, different skills, gifts, different talents, different industries, different spheres of influence. And the worst thing would be is that you took that and you did nothing with it. You took your space and you did nothing with it. Or you took your gifts and talents and all you did was to build your own kingdom. You know how sad that would be from God's heart? You know, like I got three kids, right? Like I, you know, as parents, we do our best to give our children a future, the best future that they can have. The saddest thing for me would not be if one of my kids came and tried something, failed, had to live at home for the rest of their life. 
That would not be the saddest thing. The saddest thing would be if the child never left home to try anything. It's like, why did we bother working our butts off for you? Why, Why did we bother trying to raise you in a certain way? You know, all I want for my children, right, is I want them to live a life that, that, that God wants them to live. I want them to be free to make choices, maybe even some choices that, that we couldn't make because of situations. I know that that's what my parents did for us, and, and we want to pass that on to our children too. And the saddest thing would be not success or failure. Like, it'd be great if they were successful, and it'd be horrible, I guess, if they were failures. But there's a worse thing than that, to not live out that calling, to not live out that life. What Paul is calling us and what God is calling us to do is this. Live, understand the grace given to us by Jesus. And learn about the calling that we have as individuals and as the church. What's the call on our church? Well, that's our vision. And that's our mission. To be the church. How do we get there? To make disciples. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do. Us. Inclusive. You might be like, well, I'm new to the church and I don't really know, I don't, I don't even know who, who you are. And I say, look, there's a, there's a reason why you're here tonight. There's a reason why you're a part of this community. Out of the hundreds and thousands of communities around the world, there's a reason why you sit in this hall tonight. And God's asking you to be, live a life worthy to that calling. That's our why. That's why we do what we do. We're just responding to the call. It said, as individuals, everyone's got a different call and everyone's got a different way to respond to that call. But collectively, we have one call that is common to all of us and that's the call to Jesus himself. Jesus tells us that he is the way, the truth and the life. No matter who we are, Jesus calls us to him, to learn from him to imitate him. Ultimately, he says, journey with me. That's why the theme of our, our year this year, 2018, is journey with Jesus. It's, it's as simple as that. That's why we're really focusing on your journey with Jesus this year. Because Jesus calls you to him. We just want to help you. We just want to walk alongside you. Because Jesus is the one that's got so much for you. Not us, not the church. Jesus does. Look, we're not perfect as a church, and uh, we'll probably never get perfect, never be perfect as a church. You know, there are times as individuals or even as a church, sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we can stray off the path. But our first call is to journey with the Son of Man, Son of God, Jesus Christ. As we journey with Him, He will teach you. He will guide you. He will help you. He will encourage you. He will equip you. The church is here to help you to do that. That's why we have life groups. That's why we have ministries. It's to help you to journey with Jesus and to reach out to others in their journey with Jesus. Vision Sunday 2018. I pray that you as individuals would live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Whatever that call is over your life. 
as a church. I pray that in 2018 that we would live a life worthy of the calling that we as a church have received. That we would not be comfortable where we're at. We would not be satisfied with where we're at. But our deepest desire would be to move towards continually the vision. The church that Jesus died for. The multi-ethnic, multi-generational, gospel-centered community that exists to love God and love people. And that we would, we would literally die to make that happen. That we would lay down our lives to make disciples of Jesus Christ. How do we start? We start by journeying with Jesus. Friends, I invite you this year to come and journey with us. It's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be a year of blessing and favor. And uh, look forward to doing life together with you, church. Amen. Let's pray.